Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit PiranhaGear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your host, Paul Wilson. Hello again, everyone. It's Paul with Karate Cafe. How about this? The first podcast for 2013 and quite a bit of 2012. We've got a great conversation lined up for you today with some A-list guests waiting in the wings as well. Our topic for this show, politics in the martial arts. But unlike normal martial arts politics, all about rank and uniform color and gut size, this is external politics. During our last election, and later with the public debates on gun issues, social media has made it easier than ever for everyone to voice their opinion, or something like that. However, I've seen some unexpected effects, strained friendships, and I think strained long-standing relationships based mostly on the martial arts. So today I have two good friends of the show here on the show to discuss this topic. Down in our green room we have Alex Haddix, host of the Practical Defense Podcast, and Matthew Matson, Wataru instructor and author of Karate is Self-Defense. Although we often are on opposite sides of these fiery debates, we've been friends for years. Even though we disagree, no matter how wrong they are, I still respect their views and seek out their opinions on martial arts and personal defense. How do we do it? Why does it happen? How can it be avoided? We'll talk about it here on Karate Cafe, coming up right after this fairly unnecessary break. Okay, everybody, we are back, and I'm here with two good friends of the show, Alex Haddix of the Practical Defense Podcast. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. It's, it's been a long time. Yes, it has for uh, both us talking uh, on, on a podcast and for this podcast as well. And uh, over on the, to my left <laughs> is uh, on the screen is my good friend uh, Matthew Matson, good friend of the show. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. It's good to be here. Good to be on the show again. Oh, thanks. I'm glad to have you. And the reason why I wanted to have both of you guys on here is because of the topic that I have uh, for this show, which is politics in the martial arts. But it's not necessarily the politics we're thinking of. It's external politics. Uh, we'll probably touch on on the effects of internal politics uh, and, and federations as we go. But what I wanted to talk about was uh, external politics that affect uh martial arts and martial arts training. Uh, as we all know, we recently had an election, and uh, we've also had a, a lot of activity in the news about gun rights and uh, gun control and, and that sort of thing. And so I wanted to have uh, my two good friends <laughs> here on the show, both of which I, I have talked to uh, extensively about either politics or guns or vice versa, and uh, we get along great. However, in this last election cycle and with all the stuff going on in the news concerning guns, I have felt that there are some people that in my federation and uh, and other martial artists that, that I've known for quite a while, that there's been a, a sort of a friction or maybe just a, um, I don't know, a cooling of the relationship. And these are people that I've known for, for a very long time. And uh, as I say, Alex and, and Matthew and I, we've, we've bandied about on our various sides and various issues uh, for a while, and we get along fine. So I wanted to have you two guys on to see if maybe you've encountered this before, 
or have you not encountered it? And, and now you will <laughs> uh, encounter it. I would just like to get kind of your angle on, you know, how much external politics should affect martial arts, martial arts uh, relationships and, you know, your federations and training partners. Well, I mean, that's, that's a good question about how much should. I mean, that, the, the key phrase is there, should. I am of the belief that it should not impact at all. Um, my experience is I've been training with my grandmaster for over 30 years. Um, I've, I've known him since I was 10. And so I grew up with him. I trained with him. My sisters trained with him. My brother-in-law trained with him. My sister's kids have trained with him. And now my youngest son is training with him. So – and he and I have very different opinions on, on firearms and the use of firearms and the whole purpose behind firearms. And we have a respectful disagreement in those areas. It's, uh, it's really interesting. He's – and our studio is a good reflection of that. We can have these differences of opinion – but it won't affect anything in terms of training or relationships. Now, for example, my grandmaster is Iranian and a Muslim. We have half the people in the studio are Jewish, and then there's me. And it's just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a big firearms guy. I'm multiple NRA certified firearms instructor. I'm an NRA chief range safety officer. My grandmaster really dislikes firearms. And doesn't think they should be anywhere. He comes from a very different background and thinks that firearms, there's no purpose for them at all. Conversely, he loves when I bring back wild pig and wild boar and is usually the first in line to grab some. So, uh, Well, when I do that, I always just you take a knife and do it. So, you know, that's <laughs> nice. Um. So it also, you know, it, it, when I, when I say he's Muslim, he's not a strict Muslim because obviously we've been out drinking together, and he loves, you know, wild pig, which is, I guess, not halal. Is that what the term is? Um, anyway, so it's anyway. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm babbling. Please but but w- <laughs> within that uh, within that context, though, but I mean, you guys have obviously had conversations, and you know, your relationship, your training relationship, and your personal relationship doesn't seem to have been affected. No, not at all. Absolutely not at all. Uh, politics, they don't really come into the studio. I mean, sometimes they are brought up, but one of the reasons why I love him and I've trained with him for so many years is that religion and politics stay outside. You know, uh, It's never brought up as an issue. It's never a point for contention in the studio or on the mats. Right. Well, you know, I, oh, go ahead, Matt. I think that's a that's a huge part of it is that, you know, we want to – training on the mat is not training outside or, or personal beliefs and things like that. If you don't hold those things, um, if you don't get offended that easily, then you can have that kind of a relationship, I think, because my uh, jiu-jitsu teacher, my, the head of our organization, is on the other side of things completely for me and in a lot of cases for politics – and we can disagree with that, and we actually have conversations about it from time to time. But at the same time, he's one of my best friends. Uh, you know, I would consider him a good friend, and you know, he respects my training. I obviously respect his because I'm still in his organization. And on the mat, off the mat, we're still really good friends because we don't we don't take it personal. 
You know, and that's a really good point, uh, Matthew. One of the things that, you know, we all talk about about in, in self-defense is, you know, not letting someone get your goat. You know, not someone, you know, make you prompt you to action that might not be uh, so smart. Matter of fact, you know, Alex has had a couple last couple, three shows about, you know, uh, being responsible along the along that line and uh, and talking about firearms as well. So, I mean, I think that's probably a really important thing. You know, from my mind, that I think that kind of shocks me. Like when I I went to a function uh, recently, and I was like, I'm feeling like I'm getting a little attitude from people. Like they're kind of, you know, not as friendly to, towards me anymore because of things that were posted on Facebook and Twitter and and whatnot. And and to me, it's you know, these are people that I've known for for decades in some cases, but. You know, I didn't let it get to me. I mean, I would see things that, you know, that that people have posted and, you know, I'm slapping my forehead and going like, oh, I can't believe they're... That, are these people really that way? You know? And, and you know, not saying either way is right or wrong because, I mean, to me, that really doesn't actually play in unless, I mean, you know, they're like way off their reservation uh, mm-hmm. or, or I am, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, <laughs> but just the fact that, you know, should we as martial artists let that get to us, you know, especially within the framework of, you know, we're, we're training together, we're teaching, we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, be better at what we're doing and then trying to impart it better to our students. You know, do we, as an instructor, one of the things I'm really aware of, and I mean, even on the podcast, we've, as you remember, I mean, Gene, uh, I was going to try to have him on here tonight. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's pretty uh, fired up and, and, and liberal and, and whatnot. And, uh, it, you know, I, did, I didn't want to... We tried to keep the podcast kind of middle of the road, I guess, you know. We didn't try to talk about politics too much. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it now is because we don't really ever do it on this show as much as I I can control that. But it seems like it's affected the martial arts side. So as instructors, because you guys are both instructors, is that kind of in your mind of like, you know, I'm trying to stay right down the middle of the road and not, you know, touch anything? Politically? I don't know that I try to avoid it. I mean, it usually doesn't come up in training, but uh, on occasion it may. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we have a small discussion of it in class, but I try to keep class to being class curriculum type material and concepts and stuff. Um, unless there's something that pertains to actual legalities of uh, some of the things that we're doing or whatever, then we have to have, to have that discussion. But, um, you know, I've had another type of situation with somebody who I've known for the past 15 years and we've trained together and we disagree politically and he takes it very personally and kind of holds it against me sometimes. But uh, I try to let it just go and just get on, go in there, train and do my thing and teach and all that kind of stuff. And do you feel like that maybe has affected the training that you guys do together? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and it kind of, you know, uh, saddens me obviously because I've, I've known him for a very long time. I was, uh, you know, part of his wedding and he was a part of my wedding and all these other things. And yet we, we have this friction between us all the time because he sits on one side, I sit on the other and I feel it more from him. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm doing it too. I don't know. But for me, I try to just let it go. Now, Alex, I mean, you 
teach from a reality-based standpoint, and you're also a firearms instructor. So, I mean, does does that ever come up in in your teaching slash training? Not on the mat, because in, it, when I have the control of the class, I don't let it go there. Um, I stop the conversation and, and switch it and say, "Hey, no, no, we're talking about this now. We're not going to go off into the politic area." Mm-hmm. The biggest challenge that I have is when it comes to before and after class. Mm-hmm. And I do actively avoid it because when you get discussions with people and they get super, super hardline, they are mm-hmm. never, ever going to switch. Yeah. Uh, sometimes politics you know, gets as bad as religion and you're not going to change somebody's religion. and. You're not going to change somebody's politics. So unless they're open to seeing the other side and discussing certain points that, you know, with an open mind and say, okay, you've got a good point there, they there's no point. There's absolutely yeah. no reason to do it. All it's going to do is breed bad feelings. Yeah. So I find something else to do. Something will come up. A student, oh wait, I gotta to talk to that student over there. I know I just I literally ditch them, dodge and and walk away because it's it's not worth it. You know, one of the things that I say often before class is after we, we bow in and take a big deep breath, and I and one of the things I like to say is, okay, now let's leave the outside outside, which, you know, in, in the the training aspect is what I'm trying to tell somebody is, okay, you know, you've had a bad day, you know, the guy cut you off before he came to class, you know, blah, blah, blah. we're in here to train. You know, we're focusing on that. We're, we're, you know, we're working with each other, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, in, in, in talking about this now, just here with you guys, you know, there's another, another facet of that is, you know, leave the elections outside, leave Facebook outside, leave, unless you're checking in because, you know, that's marketing, but leave <laughs> the, I'm always working, you know, uh, it's, is take all that stuff, religion, politics, blah, blah, leave it outside. We're here to train. We're all, you know, in pajamas and we're all, you know, just doing our thing. So that may be another component of that. But, you know, we, we're moderates. All three of us here are moderates. We're not hardline anything. And which we have to, I mean, I would feel very uncomfortable in a hardline school. I don't think I could do it. I could, I couldn't participate in a super liberal school and I could not participate in a super conservative school. That's that because I would feel uncomfortable in those environments. And a long time ago, we had discussions about, and this is probably three or four years ago, we had discussions about the type of culture of the school that you're in. And there are, you know, super Christian schools, there are super Jewish schools, and there's there's one for everybody. Um, and there's the schools that are the casual schools up to the family schools all the way to the to the end are the cult type schools and it really depends upon what school you belong to as well and how you train there and that's going to affect the politics yeah i you definitely can tell um by walking into a place the, the feel of the place uh w- which way it uh, it leans if it's a hard line or if it's middle of the road you know one way or the other and and i i agree with you alex there's uh, you know, a hardline school one way or the other would would not appeal to me. Uh, just you know, if you're if you're so unable to uh, question yourself uh, or your own beliefs, or you know, have a conversation at least with with someone about it, you know, rational conversation, then 
I don't understand how you could uh, improve your training either. I mean, how could you get to the next level of training if you're so stuck on this one little tiny path that you're on? That's yeah, that's a really good point because I mean, it, it, if someone is is well, this person isn't worthy of my training because you know they hug trees or they're not they're you know they won't be able to accept my you know chakra alignment because you know they're so far to the right you know it's it's insane yeah I mean and, and that's a preconceived notion that's stuck in their head yeah how do you overcome that I mean because yeah you can't affect what they think you can't affect how they react uh, but but like-minded individuals group together that's and this true. this conversation we have right now is a perfect example of that well yeah we yeah don't have, we don't have people extreme on either side part of this part of this conversation um, and that's and that's the thing that 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 kind of makes me wonder because like if you're already like in a pool you know you have your common pool of a system you know or a style or whatever and you already have that you know sort of pre-established and then you find something's kind of wearing away at it you know perceived or otherwise you know how do you how do you deal with that I, I you know for me it the way we start out our classes is is kind of similar to the way you do um paul we have a bowing in process at you know traditional karate school so we we have this process we call mukso and it's kind of like a uh, i always use it as a reference to get rid of all the junk um, before class, you know, so you clear your mind or prepare for class, get ready for class, however you want to do that, but get rid of all that other junk. And at the end of the class, we have the same procedure that we do in reverse. And at that point, we like uh, discuss or, or have your internal thought monologue going along about what you learned and, you know, how you're applying it, how you're going to use it or whatever. Uh, but if, if a student or a friend or anything else doesn't have the ability to, to uh, do self-reflection, and look at themselves and critically critique themselves, um, then I think their training will be limited. And even if you're in a like-minded group of people and you're all thinking the same thing, there's still going to be some differences somewhere. And if you're so locked into something hard like that, then you can't see outside of your own box. Well, the thing is, though, I mean, some people like the box. And some people yeah. will be drawn into the box and they can still practice the martial arts and advance and perfect the physical aspect of the techniques and even the mental aspect of the techniques um, with mind, body and spirit. But their political views just may be different than those outside the box. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean they're not, not martial artists and it doesn't mean not uh, good practitioners of the art. It just means that they have mm -hmm. a hardcore line that – they allow to come in from the outside, but it doesn't mean that they're not martial artists. I don't think. No, no, that's not what I was saying. Um, I was just thinking that it, it kind of, I think that it still at some point limits your, your progress because unless you're able to self-evaluate, uh, growth is, is limited inside the martial arts or as a person in general. But if you're no, no, I disagree because they're, they're, they're still growing, but just in a, a very different direction, a very focused and narrow direction. In their – your view of what encompasses the world may be different or broader or maybe more narrow. But in their world, in their personal ideas and their personal growth, I'm, they probably think it's quite expansive as well. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we can put our personal opinions and define what they think as personal and spiritual growth. Because it's a very individual individual piece. Yeah. Yeah, but we're instructors and we know more than everybody else. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm sorry, you're right. I for, completely forgot that. And so when they're on our floor, you know, but they're wrong from the get-go anyway, so it doesn't matter. So, so let me ask you, uh, Alex, uh, coming from, like, you know, you're an NRA firearms instructor. So, I mean, would you feel, you know, in that for lack of a better term, sort of narrow environment, you know, that's very focused on the firearms part of it. And you had somebody come in who was, you know, very either, you know, pro-gun or anti-gun, if they were very vocal about it and very, like, argumentative. I mean, how do you think you would handle that? Because that's kind of, you know, it's much more, you know, like I say, more, much more focused on a certain thing. You know, have you has that have you occurred that have you had people that are you know completely anti-gun or completely pro-gun or you know very verbal and come in for training? Uh, well, what type of training? We're talking martial arts training, reality no firearms, training? Fi- firearms, firearms training. training. Yeah. No, I'm thinking about it. No, I've never had somebody anti-gun come into a firearms training course. Just to stir up trouble. Never experienced that at all. Well, no, yeah, I, I don't mean necessarily, uh, you know, uh, I guess to stir up trouble, but just, I mean, uh, well, and, and so I guess probably within that framework also, there would be, I imagine, a, a level of discussion about, you know, gun control and gun rights and that sort of thing. It, or, am I wrong? Or is that kind of a, you know, it, it an often topic? Up, yeah, no, no, it, it does come up occasionally, um, especially recently. And again, I also want to make very, very clear, I'm a certified firearms instructor, but I do not represent or speak for the NRA by any means. Um, these are my personal experiences and personal opinions. The There's actually guidelines in as part of the instructor training on hand, how to handle disruptive students and to students that are students that seem to be interested in training for the wrong reasons. And they're, they have recommendations on how to handle those students and then uh, very nicely ask them to leave. Hmm. So that is actually part of the instructor training is how to handle those extremely zealous types. Hmm. Hmm. So uh, Matthew, do you have any sort of uh, any, any parallels in the, in the traditional world? Cause I mean, I, cause I know you're uh, part of a much larger group that does a lot of competitions and stuff. So you must, and encounter even more people than, than just like you know that, you know, ten or twenty or some odd people in a in a firearms class or a, you know, just a federation get together. I mean, on a competition level, is is there any of that kind of stuff that crops up? You know, there's always disagreements, but you know, people don't uh, bring them up too much. Competitions, competition people are there for that purpose, and everybody usually agrees about what the competition is and what it's about and everything. So there's not much of that coming into the, you know, the karate school. Um, there are lots of different opinions on the firearms in particular, uh, about people's fear of them or lack of knowledge of them or, you know, overzealous, uh, stockpiling of them. Uh, you get all of those types of situations, but again, you know, Alex has said it before, but you know, as instructors, we have to, maintain control of our classes and keep on topic for whatever topic that may be. 
Um, we did. Uh, we actually did a uh, firearms defense, firearms safety course um, at the karate school one time. And um, uh, one of my instructors is a, a federal agent. And what he did is he put out an email to the whole school, letting everybody know, hey, this is what we're going to do at this day and this time. If you want to come, please come. If you don't want to come, that's perfectly fine. Um, just to let everybody give them all a heads up that this is what's happening this date and this time. We're going to pull out some guns. We're going to show you what they are. We're going to take them apart. We're going to show you how they work and all this other kind of stuff and talk about firearm safety and stuff like that. Um, and I think giving them a heads up gives them that that choice, that option. But you can't do that with every class, obviously. Yeah. And uh, was it, were there any you know, sort of low-level talks about, you know, the, the political side of guns, or was it pretty much it stayed on, on focus? Uh, you know, it stayed on focus, it, you know, on topic. Um, the, the class was good, and, um, you know, the, the people that didn't want to participate, they, they didn't come um, that day, and, you know, they, they didn't um, – uh, they may have had a conversation with uh, uh, that instructor – you know, privately beforehand or, or afterwards or whatever, but um, there wasn't much pushback on it or anything because, you know, everybody knows that he's a federal agent. That's what he does for a living. So. Hmm. Interesting. And, uh, and another aspect that I want to uh, touch upon, because I mean, a lot of this is really, you know, fostered by like Facebook and social media in general, uh, as well as, you know, sit around the, the water cooler and whatnot is, uh, one thing I found that that I did, and uh, to, it was to try and mitigate some of this. You know, I mean, like I say, th these are guys that that I've known for for quite a while. Some I've known for longer, some I've known for less. But I mean, like for one thing, one of the things that I do, and Alex, I think you do the same thing, is like I have a Facebook account just for my dojo, and it, it, and and so what I did was a while back, I kind of made a a conscious effort to go like, okay, this is my personal Facebook and this is my dojo Facebook. And so I would get, um, you know, friend requests to my, to my personal one. And I, and I did that, you know, I'd okay, I'd let him go on. And then what I come to find out was that, you know, politically there would be a lot of back and forths. And so what I ended up doing was defriending people from my personal Facebook and just keeping them on my, my martial arts Facebook. Um, and, and I had one person get really angry about it, but I was, you know, I was like, well, and they thought I had defended them because of something they had said, but it was really just because I just wanted to take that off my personal page and put it over into my martial art page. Uh, and hilarity, political hilarity may have ensued after that. Um, but, uh, but then on the, the, the flip side is, but then the people that I have on my martial arts page, it's still their personal page. So they're still posting political stuff and, and I, I'm biting my tongue going like, ah, cause I don't want to speak for my dojo. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't, I, I, oh, I mean, I do want to speak for my dojo, but I want it to be just about martial arts. Uh, I mean, do you think that's a, a good way to kind of keep everybody friends is to, you know, start sectioning out your, your social media? I, I definitely do. Yeah, I agree completely as well. It's it's the only way to do it. Um, I don't even use my personal Facebook page. You know, that's people say, "Oh, Alex, did you see that on Facebook?" No. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've, I I never see really anything from you. It's usually uh, from your, you know, from the podcast or from the from the training side. Yeah, Matthew, I, do you do you have a? Never use it. Do you have one, Matt? 
Uh, I have been thinking about it, uh, but no, I just have my personal one at this point. Um, a difficulty that, that I have seen come up is that somebody I know uh, who's um, a high-ranking member of an organization has made kind of out there statements, you know, at some point, um, goes back and forth, but, but he posts a lot on his personal Facebook page and he's got people from all over the world, um, as friends. And so people see this and, um, he actually had an offline conversation with somebody else that I know that was like, Hey, um, you, you do realize you represent a larger organization. You, you, and everything that you say and put out there on your private page is going to be representative of your entire system and how how does that make your system look? Um, and then after that, he kind of pulled way back from what he was posting on his Facebook page, realizing that uh, it does have an effect on the broader populace. The more more friends you have or whatever, the more contacts you have, uh, the more that information is going to get out there and spread and make you look good or bad or favorable or disfavorable in different people's eyes. And if you can keep it right down the middle, then it looks a lot better. Um, I think for your organization and you personally, you know, in the public's eye. Yeah. You bring up a really good point about the fact that as instructors and members of larger organizations, it's, uh, we're under the scrutiny all the time for everything that's said. I mean, there are a lot of times I've wanted to make jokes and I was like, I didn't because I was like, boy, that could, yeah, it's funny as all heck, but it could really be misinterpreted. So I didn't, didn't do it. Um, but yeah, I, I think you really hit a good point is, so as instructors, we have a huge voice, a huge impact through social media and anything that we say can be for right or wrong interpreted as representative of the organizations that we are members of, not even represent, but just members of, mm -hmm. uh, and it goes back to, you know, one of the things I always keep in mind is all the PR training that I had when I was a corporate spokesman for semantic and the Norton Antivirus Research Center. And uh, it's like anything you can say, you know, would uh, be used for or against you. And if it can be used against you to make something more spectacular and more interesting to the media, then by God, it would be interpreted that way and, and slapped all over the front page. Yep. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, one of the things that with Facebook, my concern is in Facebook and Twitter and and Google Plus and whatever else is going to come out next week um, is, yeah, I'm trying to get the information out. I'm either, you know, it's either for marketing purposes, if someone just happens to stumble across whatever page it is on a, on a search, or, you know, I'm trying to get information to my students. Although, ironically, I really don't have any students, and any current students in Facebook. They're just, they're all on Google Plus. So, um, but, and then uh, Federation members and, 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 and the like, trying to get you know i make a video and i post it out there and i want some feedback or or just you know an article or, or whatever when i i'm putting it out there for information i don't really want to necessarily create a stir i don't necessarily want to you know draw a line in the sand and say this is what i think you know that sort of thing uh I mean, every now and i do but it's for, it's purely from a martial arts standpoint i don't want it to be anything where yeah like i posted a joke or 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 something it, it i i really think before I, you know, I click post, you know, is this something I really want, you know, to be coming, quote unquote, from the dojo, you know, or, you know, from the, from the sensei, you know, I, I just don't want it, 
you know, misconstrued. I don't really get it. If people get rubbed the wrong way by it, that's kind of their problem. But, you know, if it's a steady stream of, you know, stuff, you know, is, is it taking away from, it, it, does, does it make so much noise that it becomes no longer, it's, oh, it's, you know, that guy from White Rat Kenshin Khan posting blah again, and no one's going to look at it and just starts blocking it. Uh, it I think yep. the so- social media should be used from from our standpoint like that to get the information across after class or in between class. Yeah, that's something that, that definitely um, I could use a little bit more work on, but I try to keep it to just th- that type of stuff, getting information out there, you know, what's going on, that kind of stuff. Um, I do have uh, pages for my college programs, and I try to use those a lot more. Like, obviously, I, I can't accept any friends on my Facebook page from my college classes while they're in semester. So I redirect them to my college Facebook page so they can all have group discussions and things like that. Um, just because, you know, that's where the information they should be getting. That's all the information they need for the class. You bring up a good point, Matthew. With what about martial arts and schools? Because there's a lot of attention right now on schools. And we know there's a huge debate on firearms. And what about self-defense in terms of martial arts and being able to physically defend yourself? This seems to be an issue that comes up quite a bit in class, in martial arts class, uh, especially with kids. Now, I know, Matthew, you're not really – you teach college and mostly most of your courses are with uh, adult age participants. Um. Oh, I just realized, Paul, you don't teach kids either, do you? Actually, I, I do teach a large portion of our kids' programs at oh, you do? our okay. karate school. Okay. Oh, so you have a school that to teach outside of the university? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. So what do, you, what do you get in terms of parents? What do they say? What do they ask for? Well, we get all kinds of – all sides of it. But with um, – you know, obviously with, with children's self-defense, they – you know, the, the biggest things that we always talk about is with the kids is uh, moving and shaking and, you know, um, phrases like uh, you're not my mom, you're not my dad. Those types of phrases, not help or things like that because people don't listen to those and get them to move. And once they break free to run to a safe place. So we talk about what safe places are, um, you know, authority figures, police officers, teachers, um, uh, safe houses, learning how to spot some of those because some of them have the signs out in the yards and stuff like that um, for places they can go if they feel like they're in danger and to pay attention and stuff like that. Um, we don't get much into into weapon defense and things like that until uh, much later. What about bullying and mm. fights on campus, on on school grounds, elementary and junior high school? Yeah, that's always a tough one. And, you know, the the deal is that usually what happens is uh, if the incident is occurring, um, we have them sit down with uh, with one of the instructors, me or, or one of the other guys, and have a conversation with the child and the parent to figure out what's going on and figure out options, the best things to do within the system. Um, and it's difficult sometimes, but one of our instructors is also a uh, vice principal of a middle, middle school and has a master's degree in psychology and a PhD in education. Um, so he, he deals a lot with those types of situations. He'd be more qualified than me to speak on it, but that's <laughs> uh, you're in karate cafe. That doesn't stop anybody. 
and, and or uh, practical defense. Uh, well, you know, this brings up another kind of a maybe an interesting angle that I've I've kind of looked at and toyed with and, you know, like played in my head a couple of times is, you know, things that are happening in the media, you know, of, of kind of, for lack of a better word, capitalizing on it, you know, because uh, I mean, they had the whole thing with with guns. Uh, you know, you had the whole thing with bullying. I had the whole thing with, uh, you know, attacking, you know, beating people up and, you know, for for their sexual orientation and all that kind of stuff like that. And, I mean, as martial arts instructors and or and people trying to, you know, run a dojo or a, a class in general or whatever, and it, there's there are people who will look at the stuff that's going on in the news and go like, I'm going to market to that. You know, like, okay, your child is being bullying, so they'll throw up a a bullying, uh, you know, class, you know, or they'll put together a, a firearms defense class or, you know, a workplace. And, I mean, Alex, I know you do workplace uh, uh, defense classes and, and, and stuff like that. So, but, I mean, other less scrupulous members of, of the community. Uh, yeah, well, we've been doing it for 30 years. At least my yeah. partner has. The I've flash the pen. You know, yeah, yeah, flash the pen in 30 years. Uh, I've only been doing it for about 10 but uh, but I mean, there will be people out there who will do that. And I've even with myself kind of looked at stuff. You know, I see people posting stuff and on social media. I'll see stuff in the headlines. I go like, I could write a Craigslist ad, ad, you know, specifically targeting that. And then you know, and and to me, but I'm like, you know, that's kind of dirty pool. I'm I'm playing on the fears, which you know, used to be a journalist. So I mean, yeah, I was about to say you used to be a journalist. So wasn't that how you earned your living? No, that's not the way I earned my living. That's the way... If it leads, it leads, right? If it leads, that's it that's leads. the way the guys that, that made me leave journalism uh, got their living. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, but, I mean, I understand that component of it. And, you know, so I think that's kind of unsavoring. I mean, it, as martial artists and martial arts instructors, we should be better than that, one would think. One would hope. <laughs> Doesn't always happen. I, you know, I think... Uh, it's inherent in a lot of our programs, and if we need to focus on it, sometimes we can do that. But advertising to it specifically, uh, I, I, we've never done that. It, but if somebody comes in and asks about it, we, we kind of go through the, the uh, litany of things that we would do for those situations or if a situation should arise. But marketing specifically for it, um, that's not my style either. <laughs> well, there are people that do it for the money, and there are people that do it for for the benefit of society. I mean, there were a lot of firearm schools out there that offered free training to any uh, any teacher all over the country. So if you were a teacher and you wanted to get firearms training, learn about firearms, you know, there were tons of free classes out there that that people were offering just to provide a service and help for no cost. And then the other people that say, I will teach you how to defend yourself in any situation with against a firearm and it's only four hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> and and those are the the ghouls, you know, the the bottom mm-hmm. feeders. Yeah. Well, did you get uh, you know, uh, after all this the recent, you know, hoopla uh, uh, over guns and whatnot, Alex, did you have people who contact you, you know, teachers and uh, looking for that? And you know, and how did you respond to that if so? No, actually I really didn't. Um I really haven't I've been so busy. I haven't done any seminars or any training and I don't know, eight or nine months. How about you, Matt? <laughs> Alex was a bust on that one. How about you? <laughs> uh, 
No, not really. Because <laughs> uh, I remember, I think I've talked to you about it before, Alex, was uh, after uh, 9-11, we, had, we went and did a story on, it was a, a school that, that's what they were doing. They were, uh, they were offering classes to um, uh, flight attendants and pilots. And, and, uh, and, and, and I mean, I know just that's what it was. It was just like, okay, you know, this happened. So here's this class that, that I'm formulating for it. And at the time, I really wasn't, you know, because we were all busy and doing our thing and, and whatnot. I really wasn't thinking about it. But now, you know, many years later, I'm looking back at it going like, oh, that was kind of a, you know, it's kind of douchey. <laughs> and to, 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 you know, target something, which, you know, arguably, yes, you can say there's, you know, a need for it or a market for it or whatever. But, I mean, to actively target it, I think, is not, um, you know, savory. To Well, I mean, y- yes and no. I mean, if there's interest and you have the ability to teach it, why not capitalize that and earn some extra money? So from a business perspective, if it's legitimate, right, it's not something that you just slam together to try and make a quick buck. If it's a legitimate, valid training and certification program, then sure, why not advertise it a little stronger when there's a bunch of media buzz around it? But if you're doing it and it's not a true program and it's a complete slap-happy, just you know, something that you can just throw together and market, then you've got to question whether or not it's it's really valuable to the student and collecting and you're just collecting cash for it. Mm-hmm. So from the business perspective, I can understand why people would do it. From a moral standpoint, you have to make sure that what you provide is solid training. Well, yeah, and, and that's true. I mean, and and I guess to circle back to the main topic is, you know, as a brotherhood of martial artists, you know, is it is it harder to walk, you know, walk the walk when you have stuff on the outside that, you know, obviously means something more to you, you know, outside the sphere of martial arts, let's say, you know, and, and let that affect it and go like, ah, you know, that guy is, you know, a bleeding heart liberal or a, a raving lunatic right winger or, you know, and it, should you all be able to stand out and go like, okay, but you know, in this context, we're all the same, you know, people. And we, I guess arguably, I mean, we should be able to do that. I mean, in the perfect world, this shouldn't be a, a, a question at all. But, I mean, how do we, you know, what advice, I guess, would, would you guys give give our listeners and Alex's listeners uh, to, to avoid that? Or, you know, maybe to make it more, you know, to our situation of the fact of how, how well we know each other and yet how, you know, we may disagree on, on certain topics, how... You know, how you guys put up with me? Because, I mean, I know how I put up with you guys. But <laughs> how do you, I mean, how do you put up with somebody that, you know, believes different than you politically or socially or however you would, you know, qualify that? I, I think that, you know, it's it's always a, a good idea to relax. You know, have a relaxed mental attitude or, or uh, you know, when, when something, you know, trips your political button or whatever stop take a breath think about it for a second and then you know deflect the situation try to you know swim around it 
Um, this is the best way I can think of to describe it because I know that some every now and then somebody you know trips my little button that says, "Oh, that's so wrong." But I'm like, "Well, is it? I mean, is that just me? You know, there's there's a different perspective, a different reason that people have their own views, and I always try to keep that in mind. For me, I am extremely tolerant of all sorts of views, and unless it's dangerous or flat-out illegal. If, if you are so hardcore in a certain area that it becomes all-encompassing and it's the only thing you can talk about and you're unwilling to bend in that area, we can do one of two things. One is just not topic, talk about it. Just avoid that topic entirely. And if it becomes problematic... I just cut you off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're if you're so over the top in a certain area, and it just will not pass, and it's all you can talk about, uh, then we have nothing to talk about, and therefore I don't need you as a friend. Yeah, simple as that. I'll just I'll just cut you off. Yeah, we had a uh, personally I had a, a kind of a a big dispute, and I ended up defriending him from my personal page, and then they actually ended up defriended my dojo page and i was like you know but but this is has nothing to do with martial arts what are you but it's her personal page so she can do what she wants um but uh we had this you know i mean and we've known each other for years and and have had our ups and downs but anyway then i saw her uh a few months ago at a, at a function and it's the first time that we'd really talked since since the the great defending of 2012 let's call it and uh we she looked at me and she said do you hate me and I said, I don't hate you. But in my mind, I'm going like, you know, politically, I, I can't get behind you. <laughs> but but we weren't here for that. We were there for a testing. We were there for, you know, whatever the seminar was or, or whatever. And so, I mean, so that's, I was in that context. And I mean, so maybe, you know, as martial artists, we need to exist, you know, in the moment, which is one another thing that we talk about is, you know, focus on the moment, focus on the thing that's in front of you, focus on, you know, what's going on around you, you know, within your sphere, but outside of that it doesn't matter you know politically we weren't there to discuss politics or religion or the color of the prius you know we're we're there to do martial arts and so and and you know i was like okay it's fine i mean i'm i was past it and i i assume they are as well but <clears throat> like i say and i guess to to kind of bring this back into a to the front and uh, start winding it down is is you know and this feeling i was getting I you know it just seems so counter to everything we've you know, experienced in martial arts and everything we've been taught, uh, you know, going along the way as a martial artist, and uh, yeah, you know, I was just I w I wanted to get I thought this was just be a, a pretty good topic to talk about, especially with you two guys, and in general because I mean we all come from different walks in martial arts, we all come from different from places, but you know we all are on the floor. And, you know, we all have a common language. And that's one of the great things about, you know, being a part of a federation, uh, if not, a, you know, a style or a system is, you know, you have that common language of, you know, it doesn't matter what you do for work and it doesn't matter what you do for play. And it doesn't matter what you do in, a, in your place of worship. You know, we're here on the floor, so let's just train. And this is the way, you know, this is the context in which we talk. And uh, it, it seems a shame to lose that. You know, I mean, it, 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 it seems, you know, there are people, you know, we've all 
encountered that, you know, tie martial arts up into everything in, that they do in their life. And, you know, we've heard the old master say, you know, karate is a way of life and, you know, it's, it's, it's a way of living your life. But, I, you know, maybe, maybe that doesn't apply so much these days. I think it, it uh, for me, it, it really does apply to every aspect of my life. But I try to make the network connections between everything, you know, how plumbing is like electricity, how martial arts is like this part of life or that part of life. And um, it's helped me a lot uh, in that respect. But I agree with you wholeheartedly that it would be nice if people could leave that stuff at the door uh, and just come on the floor and train and that's what I try to focus on. That's what I try to get my students to do so that no matter what, if we disagree politically and we're never going to be friends, but we're training on the mat together, that we can have a good experience training on the mat together, that we can, we can learn, we can grow, we can develop um, as martial artists, as, as our own people uh, and, and do it in a safe environment so that we don't have this animosity or friction between us uh, you know, so if we can avoid those conversations, I think it's usually best. But nah, I don't know. That's that's a really good point, Matt. To make it a safe environment, some some place that you know you don't have to feel, you know, trepidatious. And I'm going, oh, I'm going to have to deal with so and so. You know, I'm going to have to deal with this because I mean that's you know one of the whole things that I like to talk about on this podcast is the culture. And you know, it's like you know people you have to deal with in the dojo. You know, it's, it's, this is no different, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a different frame of reference. Uh, so, I mean, that's a really good point. Uh, Alex, you got any final thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree a lot with what, what Matthew was saying is that, you know, martial arts, I do think martial arts is a, is a way of life and, but it's a very open and accepting way of life. Uh, like with, with work, I don't talk about politics or religion at the office. I don't talk about firearms at the office. You know, I'm in Los Angeles in the People's Republic of California. Uh, firearms are a taboo subject pretty much across the board. Um, and contracting and working in a multinational company, the politics and the company policies tend to be on the very uh, liberal side as well. So it's an, definitely not an environment that's conducive to sharing. No, you know, and that's also a, a, another good point, you know, talking about what Matt was saying was, I mean, you, you accept it or you, you know, set it on, you know, you accept the energy and pass it on or you accept the energy and do something with it, you know, for good or for good or ill. So that's a really good point. And it just, just like we always talk about, you know, awareness is the first level of self-defense. Being aware of your environment is this a place to talk about it, and uh, you know, keeping control of yourself, keeping control of your actions. Uh, so yes, I guess it does. It is just as relevant today as it was back in the old days. Yeah, yeah. And and so on the mat, everything is just about martial arts. There's nothing else on the mat except the the martial arts and the instruction material that's being taught at the time. Same thing with the firearms courses. It's just about the firearms. You leave politics and all that other stuff, that doesn't come out, you know, because it gets in the way. Politics and religion always get in the way. They get in the way of the discussion, they get in the way of the thought process, and it's infectious. So it really needs to be segregated. Now, what happens off the mat, 
over lunch, uh, those types of things, then that you know is, is something that you can't control as an instructor, and that's outside of the studio. But when people start bringing it in and creating disruption, because it always there's always going to be a conflict when that stuff is brought up. Um, you either need to to shut it down, or if it continues to infect, then you need to do something to to do it. And if that's asking people to leave, then you might have to do that. Yeah, and the other thing we have to keep in mind is it's just Facebook people. Seriously, <laughs> oh, yeah. social media is crazy. Yeah, it's 140 characters. Alex, I was just just thinking of of a sign that I saw not too long ago in a news article that that came up on the on the radio not too long ago. Uh, that uh, some of the gun clubs around town posted signs that said, "If you voted for Obama, don't bother coming here." And they were they and they were people that were teaching firearm safety courses or conceal and carry courses as well as at the gun ranges. And they put out big advertisements and stuff like that, um, putting that type of information out there. And I think pretty sure that uh, they either got shut down or or sued by several other people at the time. Uh, you know, same same kind of idea that we're talking about here. Yeah, well, it's ex- it's extremely discriminatory. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, yeah. You were saying that if you voted Democrat, you're not allowed to, to come here and participate? That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, either way, political views are political views, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. Whether or not you disagree, feel free to disagree, but don't start using it like a weapon. Because mm-hmm. that, right. that's yeah. wrong. Yeah, and I mean, and plus it's, it's keeping, you know, it's as we've discussed many times, Alex. You know, it's it's you know whether or not you agree with you know firearms, whether or not you know you agree on gun control, whether you agree, you know, as martial artists, you know, when I look at firearms, I go like, well, are you trained with it? I mean, are you training with it? And that that's that level of responsibility that you know carries between, you know, if you're using your hand as a weapon or a firearm or a knife, whatever, you know. The, the responsibility and, and training, it doesn't matter politically, you know, because that's just, you know, the responsible thing to do, I guess, for lack of a better word. And it gets in the way, I think, and just just like Matt was talking about, I mean, yeah, that gets in the way. There's somebody there who, who hypothetically desperately needs firearms training, <laughs> you know, and really, really wants it. And then, I mean, I don't think I would be turned off. If I if I walked into some place I saw that sign because I'd be like okay well they're douchebags but if that guy's a really good instructor then that's who I want to train with but um but but then I guess maybe yeah that that takes away that that pulls away from the opportunity of someone to learn as well as they could what they want to yep. learn yep absolutely and that's just wrong well I I think uh, this has been a really great discussion. Uh, I just I wanted to bounce the ideas off you guys, and I really appreciate you guys coming on uh, the first podcast for Cardi Cafe of 2013, <laughs> and uh, uh, I thank you for your guys' support and uh, all your guys' opinions. Thank you, Paul, for having us on. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, well, thanks. I think it was a great discussion, and uh, I think the people on the that listen to the Practical Defense podcast also might really enjoy it as well. Well, great, and uh, I. Look forward to hearing from all of them, and I look forward to uh, talking to you guys again in the future. You got it. Thanks. Thank you. Gotta get up, gotta get out, gotta get home.
That was a great chat. Kind of long, but hey, we've been on hiatus for a while, right? Thanks again to our guests, Alex Haddix and Matthew Madsen. Be sure to check out Alex's podcast, Practical Defense, as well as his other great material at palladium-education.com. And get your copy of Matthew's book, Karate is Self-Defense. It's available at karatecafe.com slash store. And now it's your turn. Join the discussion on the forums at karatecafe.com. You can also send us an email at karatecafe at gmail.com. Or call the comment line at 469-844-5791. And that's it for this time, and we'll talk to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, piranagear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, karatecafe.com slash Amazon, or donate at karatecafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at stevehendersonvoiceovers at gmail.com or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.